0: Welcome to Episode 61 of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. We will wrap up our EIU Athletics Hall of Fame Class of 2021 series this week with former Panthers soccer player Devin Bissell. Bissell was a three-year member of the Panthers team who helped EIU advance to -to back-to-back NCAA College Cup appearances during her final two seasons in Charleston. She was a multiple-time All-OVC selection and the OVC Player of the Year during her time. Missa remains the OBC career leader in assist, and today talks about her experience as a college athlete on the pitch and the opportunities that has provided her for her current career in sports. We are in our second season of EIU Panthers Podcast, and you can listen to any of our previous episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Search EIU Panthers Podcast and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Panther Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit consolidated.com today. This week is homecoming week for EIU Panther Athletics, and the volleyball team will host Moorhead State, while the football team entertains Tennessee State for the annual homecoming game. The IU women's soccer team will wrap up its regular season on the road this week after the Panthers picked up a senior day win over Belmont. Congratulations to Dustin Hatfield and Lindsey Carlson from EIU Cross Country as they swept the OVC Runner of the Week honors for the third time this season. Stay up to date on all things EIU, including scores, stats, schedules, and more by visiting eiupanthers.com, the official athletic website for EIU athletics. Or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU Panthers out of this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former EIU women's soccer player and 2021 EIU Hall of Fame inductee, Devin Bissell. Welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We wrap up our Hall of Fame series for the class of 2021 with our fifth interview, Devin Bissell, a former women's soccer player, is our guest today. Thanks for joining us on the program, Devin.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Now, Devin is a, um, like I said, a, a former soccer player here and our, our fifth inductee. And as we've done with the other inductees, my, my question I, I have asked to our Hall of Fame people is kind of, when you get the call, what was, what was that experience like? Kind of take us through the, the emotions of getting that, that Hall of Fame call.
1: Sure. Um, probably like most, I was in complete shock, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, when you had reached out and asked for my contact information, I thought it was maybe to do with, you know, an alumni weekend planning. I know Jake Plant, um, the women's soccer coach, had reached out a few times trying to get us all back together. So I thought maybe he was pulling in the the big dogs to try and, (laughs) you know, get us to to come into town and and, uh, regroup. So I didn't quite know what to expect. But when Tom called and, and gave me the news, um i I was in complete shock i'm sure i I rambled probably for a few (laughs) minutes talking about you know how appreciative i was of the opportunity um my time at eastern was just an incredible time for me um there i loved my team obviously we were very successful um and you know i was just excited to to get back and excited for the opportunity
0: now, yours is a unique situation, and the fact that you, you did mention you, you played on some good teams, but you were a, a a three-year player here instead of a four-year player, and I say that in the fact that you started your college career somewhere else and then transferred in, I, and that that's not unusual nowadays, but I guess when, when you played here, was transferring kind of in the, the norm, and why did, I guess, did you determine that you started at South Alabama? What what made Eastern appealing to you to want to transfer after your first year at another university?
1: Sure. Yeah, it definitely was not the norm, um, at, at my time anyway. Um, and thankfully the, the team was so welcoming. That was part of the reason why I felt, uh, very at home at Eastern. Um, you know, I played one year at South Alabama, as you said, and, uh, you know, the, the coach at that time was leaving South Alabama. We were basically getting kicked out of our, our conference. Okay. And um, you know, one of my main goals was to try to get to the NCAA national championships tournament. Um, and we weren't gonna be able to do that. Um, so I started kind of looking around at other universities to see what the options were at that point. It was kind of late in the game. Um, but Eastern Illinois um, through my research and um, because I was trying to change my major as well to um, mass communications and focus on the entertainment industry, um, they had a great program, Eastern had a great program. Uh, so that kind of checked the box there. And then the soccer program, um, you know, obviously was starting to have some success. Um, and so I was, I was interested, reached out to coach Ballard at the time. Came in on a recruiting trip and um, they just, you know, they sold me on it. Um, there was two, two girls, Carol Griggs and Shauna Hoseman, who just, um, you know, took care of me that weekend, made me feel at home, despite the fact that, you know, I'm from, I'm an international, I'm from Canada. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, being a, a transfer, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, but I had just an incredible weekend with, with them and, and all of the team, um, and it just, you know, it, it was a quick sell, so I quickly made the decision to go ahead and transfer, and again, I can't say enough about the team and how welcoming they were and the coaches um, my, my sophomore year, but my first year at Eastern.
0: Now uh, you, you we talked about how when you played it was kind of uncommon for transfers, not not a big thing at that point in time. Women's soccer, I don't want to say was in its infancy, but at Eastern it the program had been around for you know just a, a handful of years, and probably really at the the collegiate level that was there. As we get later in the program, we'll talk about how you have some involvement in still in women's soccer to this day. But how have you kind of seen maybe the sport transform? from when you were a player to kind of where you feel it is now. Right. Um, it has
1: come so far um, to be perfectly honest. I think, you know, where, where we are now, as you said, there's a professional women's soccer league, um, you know, that is obviously going through some, some ripples right now, but in terms of where they stand as a professional league, there was none of that really when I was playing at Eastern um, there was a couple of leagues that kept starting and shutting down and starting and shutting down because, you know, there just wasn't enough exposure to our game. Um, there wasn't enough interest from sponsors uh, to invest in the game. And so really, we were playing for ourselves when, when we played in college. And um, that in itself, I think, provided just an exceptional opportunity, you know. When you're playing for yourself and your team, it's probably a lot different than if you're trying to make it to the next level and you're just focused on competition solely. Yeah. Um, So it it was definitely much more to me, anyway. It was much more of team camaraderie and um, you know the the whole experience versus just the game. Um, but it was definitely you know, it needed to grow, and we could sense that. I think across the country, over the past, uh, you know, 20 years, soccer is one of the the biggest uh, growth sports, um, and we've obviously seen the most growth in in women's sports. But even the, you know, I laughed a little bit about the the verbiage. You know, we the the types of things and the ways we describe certain positions on the field when I was in college versus what we do now is just drastically different. And it just shows the growth of the sport over the last 20 years. Um, so but yeah, it's been an incredible experience to watch it grow from where we were. Um, and I'm, I'm excited where it is now. And for the girls that are, are coming into Eastern now, what an incredible opportunity for them in the future.
0: Now you mentioned that you guys you you said the word team and team was a, a big thing and part of soccer and you guys you mentioned one of the things that drew you to Eastern was the opportunity to get to have compete to go to the NCAA tournament. You guys were able to to do that twice when you were here at Eastern. You were at, at the front end of what ended up being a very successful run of four mm-hmm. straight years for for EIU women's soccer what were those experiences like of finally kind of breaking through and getting to play in the NCAA tournament?
1: I I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking about it. Um, and I'm, I'm not just saying that it's, it was such a rush. I think, you know, for the three years that, that I was there, I know how much hard work we put into trying to make it there and the 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 first year we made it to the NCAA tournament was not an easy one. Um, you know, we had to beat SEMO in our final championship game of the OBC championship tournament in order for us to get into the tournament. Um, and that was really the first opportunity that Eastern had to get into the tournament. So there was a lot of pressure. SEMO that year was uh, better than they had been in years previous. I believe we uh, lost to, to them earlier in the season, 1-0 at Eastern in a rain-soaked game. It was a heartbreaker. And so we knew going into that, that tournament weekend that uh, we needed to put everything we possibly could into that that weekend and specifically into that game to beat them in order for us to, to achieve our goal. And it was it was rough. It was really rough. It was one of the toughest games I remember playing. And um, I, if I recall correctly, we ended up getting a red card, so we were uh, a, one woman down uh, for part of the game. It was just insane how how difficult that game was. Our our parents, though, I will say the one thing I remember as as one of the top memories. They were so incredible. The night before the game, they. Um, they made all these noisemakers to try to drown out the SEMO crowd because we were away and uh, they put rocks in these beer cans and they taped paper plates together and put the rocks in the middle of it just to try to drown out any sort of cheers for the other team. And let me tell you, they were, you know, our 11th uh, or 12th man uh, off the field there and just supported us throughout definitely gave us the energy that we needed to to fight through that game um win the tournament win the championship um to get into the ncaa tournament and you know we couldn't have asked for for a better first opponent um you know we realized playing notre dame (laughs) is probably not um you know, the greatest of draws in terms of being able to to move on throughout the tournament, but they had just won the championship a few years prior, and we were just, you know, incredibly blessed, I think, and, and excited to be playing a top team such as that. I mean, you really can't dream up much, you know, a, a better story, uh, storyline than that, you know, going not only are you making the NCAA tournament, but you're playing one of the top teams in women's soccer um, at that time. Um, it was just an incredible, incredible experience.
0: And then the, the other things during your time here, Devin, is you you had some individual accolades in addition to the the, the team accolades and the individual ones are kind of what it, why you're being recognized as a Hall of Fame selection. One of those honors was being named the the OVC Player of the Year what do you kind of remember about that? I know a lot of times those are our team awards and then they, they just kind of um, select that, you know, this was the best of our, of our good players. And you, you played with some really good players. So to be selected as the best, of, the best of that group, what was that honor like?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I did play with a ton of great players. Um, you know, several of us, I think Carol LeMaster a few years ago was also inducted in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, there's Audra Farrick, was also inducted in the Hall of Fame, yes. So I, I played with a, a lot of great players. I think the, the funny story about me winning Player of the Year that year was that I won it in a position that is not my primary position. Okay. Um, the, the year, um, I believe it was my second year at Eastern, um, we came in to preseason training and we had brought in a sweeper, a center back um, to you know, kind of take over that position because the senior had graduated at that time. My primary position is central midfield and I had played there the year before and, and basically played there most of my life. Um, unfortunately, the, um, the sweeper and the center, the center back d- just really didn't work out for us. And so coach came to three of us Uh, during preseason and said I'm going to need one of you to play back there basically for the season Um, and so it was you know we talked about it amongst the team and the coach and the the three of us that were kind of asked uh, to play this position um, and I ended up being the one uh, playing there and uh, ironically that was the year that I was uh, voted player of the year so I I felt um, probably more appreciative I think of winning that award knowing that it was in a position um you know that I, that I don't normally play but that I also was able to help the team um you know and, and fill fill the gap that that we had and ended up you know doing pretty well that that year as a team as well so it's uh yeah it's, it's a bit ironic but um you know nonetheless it's didn't take away the, the impact, um, you know, and positive um, experience that I had of winning
0: that award. Now, the other thing that is always puts people a lot of times over the top when you look at Hall of Fame type things, and, and for even awards like you just mentioned is statistics, and you graduated as the, the OVC leader in career assist. But it's interesting that while you're the OVC career leader and assist, you are not the EIU career leader and assist based on the fact that EIU um, played in another conference beforehand. How would you, I guess, describe yourself as a, a player? I, I did one of these podcasts with a, another gentleman who was up high on the, the men's soccer assist list, and he kind of talked about how that position actually is a leadership type position and help them propel them into some of the success they've had post EIU.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree. I think, you know, this goes along with my personality as well. I I thrive on helping other people succeed, um, whether it's playing soccer, playing any sport, team sports, um, or in my, you know, professional uh, career as well. That you know, the, the central midfield position um, is, is really focused on that um, serving the players, the, the balls are forwards or goal scorers um, to ultimately help the team win. And obviously that showed with where my, most of my stats lie. Um, I think my leadership style mindset, um, you know, kind of, um, allowed for that but I also one of probably one of my biggest strengths when I was playing is my vision uh, for some reason uh, you know it's it's a blessing for sure and I can't describe it to anybody I remember one of my players uh, my one of my teammates rather um, had come over and asked me you know how do you how do you do that how do you see you know the where the player is going to go versus where they are and that's where I would always play the ball and so my vision was was really what um helped me throughout my career for I don't know why I just knew where to put the ball and where people were going to be um you know call it two three seconds in advance um and so that was kind of my gift my contribution uh to to the team to be able to win the games that we did and win the championships that we did
0: now the other thing that that you mentioned at the start is you are a an international player you're originally from Canada which is not it is international but I when people think international I think a lot of times they're thinking European players from from other other parts of the country or other parts of the world what kind of attracted you into the sport of soccer when, when you were young did you always play soccer or growing up in Canada were there other probably maybe more winter oriented sports that you kind of grew up in and then soccer came later in your life
1: sure So um, I actually, so my father was the one that got me into soccer. Um, He was born and raised in England. So you can imagine I did have the European influence. Um, You know, he was, he's probably spent 90% of the time thinking about soccer. Okay. Um, (laughs) And so he got me, yeah, he got me involved at a very young age, probably had me kicking a soccer ball at the age of two. I was playing in leagues by the age of four. I played on travel teams as well as the Ontario provincial soccer team. So a state team, as you guys would say here um, for a number of years. And, you know, at that time, especially uh, getting a college soccer scholarship was a very big deal. Um, you know, and and Canada did not offer athletic scholarships uh, at university or colleges at that time um so you know the the goal of of all of us really that were serious about soccer and wanting to continue our careers whether it was you know professionally after the fact or just in college um we're always looking to come to the states um for that opportunity uh so my dad put in so much time so much effort um you know sending out my VHS <laughs> taste of me playing playing games and put together my my profile and and my bio and all that and uh you know started shipping it out to all the universities and he really did did all the work um for me um set up all the recruiting trips um and that sort of thing so it was it was definitely nerve wracking you know to to leave my home and leave my home country for another country as you said I think a lot of people just assume because there are, are similarities between our countries that there's there's you know the transition maybe wouldn't be as difficult. But to be perfectly honest, it it's it's very different. Um, you know, I think me growing up in southern Ontario, uh the Niagara Falls area, going straight down to South Alabama, as you can imagine, was yeah. a huge <laughs> culture shock. Um but then even, you know, moving from South Alabama to Charleston, Illinois was also um you know, a huge culture shock for me. I was, uh, you know, thankful that we all spoke the same language for the most part anyway. Um, but beyond that, there was, there was certainly, um, cultural differences that I had to kind of adjust to get used to. And, and even the, the game, you know, playing, playing the game down here, I felt like it was a little bit more fast paced, a little bit more, uh, physical, um, you know, I sort of joked there were some teams that we played and I would ask some of my teammates and say, what in the heck do they feed you guys down here? Because they were just, you know, so much bigger um, some of the times than than some of our players up in Canada where I grew up. Um, so, yeah, it was it was definitely a European influence. My dad, um, you know, helped me along the way. Um, and obviously I've I've stayed in it um, my entire my entire life, really.
0: And yeah, that's a good segue there. I was going to say, we were, one of the things that you've been able to do is, is then take your career, your love of, of sports that you played as an athlete and kind of turn that into a career. You, you mentioned your degree is in MassCom. I know we did a, a feature with you, Devin. That's how I, I got to know you a number of years back. And it was an interesting story on how at the time you were working and doing some of the media relations and the marketing for for some of the NASCAR type things. I guess, I know that's not what you're in now, but kind of kind of the people here on the podcast, how did you get into that? I, and a little bit of, of that backstory once again.
1: Sure. Yeah, so I, as you said, I graduated masscom I wanted to pursue a career in the entertainment industry. And I, I did that for the first couple of years after Eastern, um, worked for a film production company and Universal Studios in Orlando for a couple of years. And really what I just realized is I I missed sports. I missed being around sports, I missed playing sports. Um, And so I kind of took a step back and said, you know, let me me figure out how I can incorporate both maybe the entertainment industry and sports. And so I I did focus on sports media um, for a short period of time, but decided the best course of action would probably be to go get my master's degree in sports business management and uh, the year prior University of Central Florida had just launched a program a sports business management program Um, and so I applied and and thankfully uh, was able to get in there and as part of that program they require you to get you know an internship Um, just given where I was the location of everything I ended up getting an internship at NASCAR in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, an unlikely pairing, obviously. You've got a British-Canadian <laughs> soccer player uh, interested in working in NASCAR. But to be perfectly honest, it was, uh, NASCAR was in a growth phase at that time. You know, There was a whole bunch of Fortune 50 companies that were coming into the sport um, to to help grow it and take advantage of what the business opportunities were there. And so it really allowed for a lot of us to learn a lot, learn a lot quickly um, and get into the business. Um, as anybody who works in the sports industry knows, it's, it's all about who you know, um, and quickly building as much experience as you can, um, you know, any, any way you can. Um, so I joined NASCAR for a few months during the summer before I had to go back to school. And thankfully they allowed me to stay on um, you know, during, even when I went back to to school. So I stayed there for about a year and, uh, and then I joined a company called GMR Marketing, where I spent most of my career for about, you know, 15 years or so. Um, They're essentially a global sponsorship and experiential marketing agency. And essentially we just, you know, we help brands and companies achieve their business and marketing objectives uh, through sports sponsorships and partnerships. And so I found myself, um, you know, working for brands like Lowe's and Comcast and Procter and Gamble, you know, across multiple sports in motorsports, um, as well as the Olympics and then your traditional stick and ball sports, NBA, NHL, that, those sorts of things. And, you know, at the end of 2019, uh, after 15 years of, of being in the industry and, and being working for an agency, you travel a lot, Um, as well, I I just wanted to take a step back and, you know, reevaluate where I wanted to go next, and um, I thought it was just a great opportunity. I've always wanted to give back to soccer, specifically uh, women's sports in general. I wanted to focus my efforts on helping grow women's sports, um, and there was no better time, really, to try to do that than now, um, especially in soccer. After coming off the U.S. World Cup win, there was a lot of momentum, a lot of uh, you know companies that were finally being interested in women's soccer and investing in women's soccer. Um, obviously, there was a lot of um, you know positive movement with with fans and new fans and people. Coming and and watching and understanding our sport and what the opportunities are and how fun it can be uh, to play it and watch it, Um, so there was just a lot of excitement. Um, You know, so I focused my efforts on that and joined the Washington Spirit of the National Women's Soccer League. Um, You know, and and again, just giving back has just been an awesome feeling for me. It's obviously the sport I love. It's the sport I played for, you know, twenty twenty some odd years. And, um, you know, still to this day, I try to get out on the field every once in a while, um, but it's just been an incredible experience. It's it's what I love. It's who I am. Sports gives me my energy. Um, you know, and so it's it's just, uh, you know, a career that I'm glad I shifted to after after a few years and uh, certainly don't regret it. <laughs>